Hi, my name is John Cerrito. I'm the writer and director of The Way You Look Tonight, and you're listening to Inside Your Head. Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by writer and director Michael Felker and producer Jory Rickman of Would You Like to Try Again? Hey! It's very cool to have you here. Thank you for having us. This is really fun. We haven't really, I don't think we've ever done a podcast interview before. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it different from any other kind of interview? I don't believe so. Maybe it's less professional. No, no. More professional. That's exactly what I was planning. Right, I'll just loosen up my tie, take off my blazer jacket. I'll take off my shirt. I'll take off my pants. Oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. Wait, wait, put that back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't have my camera on. I'm already to that point. It's very uh, hot. Uh, yeah. My air conditioner is broken. but <laughs> <laughs> It is LA and it's very hot here. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm on the other side. I'm in Massachusetts. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Holy yeah. cow. What's weather like there now? It's very hot. Very muggy. Yeah. Not as hot as it is there, I'm sure. It's hot to me. Everything's relative. Everything's relative. I'm from Chicago originally. So uh-huh. everything is just sweaty constantly in Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh-huh. when I'm frustrated with my parents, I just send them pictures of palm trees in response to <laughs> their three feet of snow. So <laughs> we've come to a, an agreement. <laughs> Listen, can't see the video, but it, I am fascinated by it because it's it's got a cool effect. Like the background is like blurred out. It's almost a three D yeah. thing going on. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. It's like a weird like find the focus of the person Skype thing. Uh, it's, it's yeah, cool. the movement's not quite yeah right there. But anyway, this is not a podcast about Skype. Sorry <laughs> to let anybody down. But yeah. That that'll be next week. <laughs> So your, uh, your short film is playing at Dances with Films uh, Film Festival, which is June 13th through the th- 23rd. Uh, which day is uh, your guys playing? I think we are on Sunday, June 16th at 2.45 p.m. That is the, the Competition Shorts 5 group. Yes, oh, very cool. think he knows. That is an announcement. <laughs> we don't guess when our film is playing. We certainly know. But I want to make sure that I'm not like just being like, yo, it's definitely this time and then definitely this and then i'm totally wrong and look like i got egg on my face (laughs) yeah that would be a cool schedule though if they just had the site i guess it comes on at this time and maybe this time but you know they have a firm schedule i'm I'm sure i really hope so because we're gonna show up at that time and we'll be there whether there's a movie or not yeah (laughs) we're excited we're really excited so i guess because it's always hard to ask us if it's a short film can you explain what uh, would you like to try again is about without giving too much of it away, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the short film is about a teenage girl who um, runs away from home and uh, discovers a mysterious arcade machine that um, when she plays it, finds that there are levels that replay uh, moments from her past uh, of regret. Um, and so when she plays this arcade machine, um, she discovers um, a uh, memory of regret that is uh, whether she can change her. Oh man, I'm doing a terrible job of pitching this. <laughs> Overthought it. Uh, we like to pitch it as Sundance Jumanji. It's about a girl who discovers an arcade machine that lets her replay her past regrets. Wow, well, you, you go. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is why ladies do everything. Find <laughs> every man there is a woman who is competent and handling her him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm a stutter, <laughs> so yes. Yeah, we're really excited. It's a really awesome short, and Michael did a fantastic job putting it together. I'm really honored to have gotten a chance to work with him. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was uh, really well done. I really dug it. And uh, where where did you find the old arcade? <laughs> oh man um the arcade yeah. was uh jory why don't you take the lead yeah, on that one so i had a lot of fun um because people in la are just so enamored by the film industry that everything costs at least three times more as soon as you tell people it's for a movie they think you have all the money um 
So when I did the 30 mile radius of arcades in Los Angeles and started making phone calls, it was all like north of a thousand dollars an hour, which, you know, oh, maybe wow. it was studios a drop in the bucket for, but for two indie filmmakers, <laughs> it was, um, our budget pretty much. So, <laughs> so it was really very stressful running around, um, trying to make favors. And even like some of our favorite places were just getting too popular. Um, as soon as, I expanded the search on Google from 30 miles to 50 miles. Um, we ended up finding this tiny little arcade outside of Palm Springs. And they were really just thrilled to have been found and mm -hmm. were excited by the opportunity to work with, you know, fancy L.A. filmmakers, which we <laughs> were not at the time. But they were a lot more thrilled to work with us. The place is called Retrovault Arcade. And the, they were all just like wonderful nerds over there. They really liked what we were doing and they were willing to work with our budget. And they really just thought that this was a great opportunity for them and for us to find a way to work together. And then ultimately we ended up um, rewriting the film to fit the location because now instead of being in Los Angeles in a, in a, in a, you know, suburban neighborhood or wherever we had set it originally, we were now setting this and embracing the desert atmosphere. And that actually changed the mood and the tone of the film immensely. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise, really. It helped differentiate the movie in a different, in a, in a way I don't think would have really been like that otherwise if we had found a more conventional arcade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you need an arcade to shoot at yeah. in Southern California, go to Retro Vault Arcade. Um, Bob Elson is just like Bob. he he makes all the he like brings these arcade cabinets like from like near death and restores them. Like each and every one has been handcrafted by him, and uh, he passionately loves gaming uh, more than we do. So uh, <laughs> no, definitely, go, definitely go check them out. <laughs> I don't know. He's, his life's all. Around. It is really cool though to see somebody who loves arcade games that much that they've really put so much of their heart and soul into building an arcade like that. We were so excited that Google pointed us in uh, his direction. Yeah. Thank it's you. very cool. Cause I have a, my brother's nine years older. So when I was a kid, he would take me along to the arcade. So I remember most of these games. So that was very cool to see all the, all the old video games. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Did you recognize anything from the film? Oh, or? yeah. There was Axon. There was um, there was a lot of them. I'd have to go through them again. But, yeah, I, re I remembered most of the games. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so fun. That's so fun yeah. to, you know, that's like part of the thrill, I think, of not blurring out some of the, the names for copyright issues. We really <laughs> just wanted to get that twinge of nostalgia of like, oh, I love that game. Oh, oh, that one. I remember it, you know, just yeah. kind of what the characters experience in that moment oddly enough i didn't even think about this till right now but earl i've been taking over buckets i have a big like coffee jar change and i've been i've saved it for years so i started taking them over and today when i put them there was actually two tokens from an arcade that didn't go through oh. it was it was uh it's kind of cool actually that i'm doing the interview today that's so uh, much fun nice i think yeah. the other day i was going through my laundry and somehow i had found two Chuck E. Cheese coins in there, which <laughs> I don't know how they've lasted that long, but yeah. really interesting to see this form of currency that was so standard in our, in yeah. our days now. I think, every, up. I think every three months I just find random arcade tokens in pockets <laughs> just from something. Here's yeah. a new one. I was like, oh yeah, I was going to go back to Dave and Buster's and then just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, there was it was also a Randy Macho Man Savage pin, enamel pin, which was very cool. I put it on my hat. Yeah, I was, I was happy to find that one. So, are you both gamers? Hell yeah! No, no, we're totally <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually out of sight from us. Like we're literally looking at a Tekken Tag <laughs> tournament cabinet um, that is part of this office here, and we play it all the time when we were because we developed the movie at where we're recording right now, and mm -hmm. uh, when we would develop the movie uh we would 
take breaks to play the Tekken Tag Tournament arcade cabinet over here. And uh, I'm playing Pokemon Go, so... She's literally playing it right as now. As we talk, so... Don't you have to walk around for that? Or is that, that might be something, something different? You definitely do, but if you tap really fast, sometimes you can make the game think you're walking. Oh, and I see. Like, really? Exercising. Yeah, it's, it's like, great. It's like tilting the... Uh, yeah. Oh, it's tilting the machine, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you literally have Pokemon Go. Also, yeah. we're in the gym uh, from our office here, so she's just checking in every two seconds. That's great. I get that yeah. out. Pokeballs. <laughs> so, uh, are you into the old games? Well, you said you mentioned Tekken, or, or new games, or both, I guess. Um, yeah, we met at a arcade, actually. Yeah. We, yeah, we, our first game we played together was Galaga. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. one. of My favorite games of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you both have a favorite game? Oh, that's a loaded like a, question. Like oh my goodness. Techno, like a retro game or yeah, like a yeah. video game. Well, either way, I guess. But I was thinking retro. But but either one's good. I'm a big fan of Galaga for sentimental purposes, but can't go wrong with Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, what is it? I, I mean, I grew up. With like a, I've had a Super Nintendo since I was three. That was like my first console. I, uh-huh. learned, I learned to read on The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Watching <laughs> really, that's pretty awesome. I, yeah, my dad was. My dad's also a, a, a huge gamer. Um, he's a uh, aeros. He was. He did engineering for um, aerospace for a while uh, when I was growing up. So he would just play a lot of video games. Recommended from people at his work. So I learned to read and play at a very young age on the Super Nintendo. So my favorite console is that uh, the Super Nintendo had Mario World, um, Super Metroid, Link to the Past, uh, Mario Kart. I mean, I can if you give me two hours, I can name you every game <laughs> that I love, whether uh-huh. it's the new, and uh, and then you would probably cut out half of it for the podcast. <laughs> Super Metroid might be my favorite game. That is an awesome game. I remember just even after I beat it, you'd pl- I'd go back and play because the end's so fun. Where you have to, you not only do you beat the mother brain, then you have to escape, and it's uh, oh, so you kind of get caught up in it. Ending. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I've just you got me all excited now because Super Metroid. <laughs> I literally just replayed it from scratch like a few years ago. And if you if you know that game like the back of your hand, you can beat it actually really quickly. Um, but that ending is just like super so incredible. I don't, Jory, have I you don't played? think I've played that one. No, that's the original, right? Uh, well, the original's Metroid. Metroid, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's the third one. Well, I know what I'm doing. I get home. <laughs> Um, we have it. We have Wait, it. we do? Yeah, we do. We, oh, on the, the we, Super Nintendo. We had the right? SNES Classic. Yeah. Classic, so, yeah, we could totally play it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, I was around when the first NES came out. And I remember Met- Metroid and, and Kid Icarus were the first two that you could actually save, which was, which is, see, it sounds crazy now, but it was huge at the time. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, Zelda, the original Zelda, was, I think, one of the first ones that had saving. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one of those skill sets that I actually did not comprehend when I was playing video games really young is that I could save a game and um, come back to it later, which I discovered on Pokemon Red. Um, until then, I had just been trying to play the game in one sitting and was uh-huh. like, yeah, I got to this gym this time before the battery ran out <laughs> because in my day, we had actual batteries. Those little two double A's that you stuck in the back of a game for. I, I hate them so much. And then I discovered the save notion, which was actually, we made a, another short film um, before Would You called Save and Continue that was all about the saving concept now that I think about That's, it. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saving is amazing. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine, uh, I remember his whole name. I don't know why I should say, I probably shouldn't say his whole name, but Brian Fish will say, it. he used to, it was, uh, I remember him uh, playing games and he would, he would not, because he couldn't save particular games at the time. And he would just leave his uh, TV and, and the NES on while we went to like school. Then he'd come home and, play, and continue playing it like for days and, you know, at night. And it's, uh, it's pretty wild. <laughs> but yeah. You do that too That's when amazing. I was like, in the middle of a part, it would be sometimes on the Super Nintendo or N64 where it's like you can't hard save right now. You have to like beat this section and then you can. Right, save. right. And sometimes I would just leave my TV and N64 on for days, which is probably why my N64 now is pretty, pretty shot. It freezes a lot. So yeah. uh, I totally get that notion. Yeah. 
So, uh, was there anything that, um, any, uh, thing that happened in your life or anything that, uh, that made you write? Would you like to try again? Uh, I mean, for me personally, I, I come, I, I grew up loving both video games and movies and, um, for the longest time I could not find any sort of game or movie or it'd be very rare where any movie or game would kind of intersect both worlds. So mm-hmm. like movies would try to do video game properties, but never quite do it right. At least up until recently, it would be a disaster. And um, games would try to do storytelling like the same way that movies would, but it wouldn't quite reach that same level. Um, so it was over the last like, I guess five years now where I've just kind of like, I want to see movies that, um, that tell stories about gamers, which you just don't see. It's like a weird, like, wait, why, why is there this hole in storytelling and, and, and stories and movies that is just not being told? And I guess we're getting a generation of gamers that have grown or growing up and holding jobs and, you know, mm-hmm. like being an influence in society. So it's like, we're now having 30 to 40 year old game, uh, movie or, uh, filmmakers, who had grown up, grown up playing games. So I came up with Would You Like to Try Again as a way to kind of tell a story through film that really explores what video games mean to me, which is sometimes video games are a, a good source of therapy. For me, replaying things that I regret in my past, where, you know, if I'm like having a bad day and like, you know, sometimes I just get into like, uh, for example, like I get into like a spat with like a, a stranger about like a car thing. Not or, me. Not you. <laughs> I'm but, perfect. <laughs> um, and I would replay that moment in my head over and over again. I'm a very anxious person, probably, as you could get a hint from. Um, but video games really help process that 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 anxiety and replaying those moments over and over again and become very therapeutic. So I came up with the idea from that being like, what if there was an actual video game that allowed you to actually realize these regrets, relive them, and kind of see them from different angles, let you kind of see, like, especially in the movie, she's replaying this regret that she has, and she's she's pretty stubborn about changing anything about it because, you know, she's, you know, a kid who... Um, doesn't really understand the situation. But as you replay the moment over and over in your head, you see it from different angles. And that's what you kind of get from this character is that this character is seeing this regret and video games get this idea to, um, wow, I just trailed off there. I was doing great. This is like a weird, got um, I video game. I, I wanted to, I wanted to write a film and direct a movie that I'll, that really explored what video games could do as a form of therapy and allowing you to, um, understand anxiety and regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, h- how did you get involved, Jory? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I happen to be like in a relationship or something, uh-huh. dude. So. <gasps> I see, I see. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was living and breathing his anxiety about making this. <laughs> so I didn't really have a choice, I guess, is what I'm saying. But <laughs> I. <laughs> He, he came to me with this idea, and he, he actually wrote it as a feature first. And it was this really lovely story, a confined feature about a woman dealing with family trauma by playing a video game. And each level was a different stage of regret in her life. And the more I thought about the idea, the more I got more excited about the potential of what it really could mean to people outside of video gamers. Cause I, I think there really is an element of wish fulfillment you have of just going back in time and revisiting certain elements of your life and figuring out how you can make different choices and what it would mean. Um, would you make the same choices if you, if it didn't matter ultimately in your life, would it, would you even play this game? Um, and as soon as I thought about it more, I got really excited about the idea of, uh, creating a shorter version of this that we could bring to the world. And for me, it was always about um, minority representation, especially in uh, gaming, because there's a big push for um, woman representation in movies and TV right now. And then 
um, gaming has kind of picked up steam as a result. And especially with our brand really focusing on girl gamers and what it means to be kind of on the fringe of a male dominate, dominated industry, um, that really putting two ladies in the forefront of the short always felt like the end game for me. Like, this is what I want to be doing. This is so originally it went through a couple versions where I think it was mother daughter. And at the end it kind of transformed into these sisters that had to deal with growing up. And, um, I might accidentally appear in the movie with my accidental sister. So we actually, so it really came from a place of uh, family, family first. We use video games to connect with each other and we use them to bridge gaps with an entirely different virtual world, really, when you think about it. And if they can connect each other in this way, I'm really hoping that our brand will continue to evolve as we bridge this gap between gamer and game and, and other gamers and game and gamers, I guess is really where we live in, <laughs> especially yeah. in ladies. To, to lady big, gamers. To, oh yeah. To big, <laughs> to piggyback off that Jory and I both have sisters that we grew up with <laughs> that are very close to us. And yeah. we got into like, obviously both tiffs. we got into tiffs to say the As least would say. be the soft way of saying it. And a lot of the time to help bring us back, we would play video games. Uh, yeah. with our siblings to just kind of help bridge that gap. And so we really wanted to bring like family strife uh, to the forefront, um, especially through the female perspective, considering that, you know, we both really love um, our sisters and they we look, we, we look, we both, I look up to my sister. She's older than me. And uh, I look and up, I to, look up to my sister and she's younger than me. So, <laughs> yeah. I hope she, so yeah. 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 So I really important to us mm -hmm. yeah i used to play mario kart with my mom all the time yeah. really oh yeah, man yeah mario kart was awesome. should be. i hope she kicked your butt she <laughs> did but but we had fun though yeah i remember she used to get mad if i would knock her off the rainbow bridge and in, in super mario kart that's, that's really Likely, hard there's no there's no railing yeah. right right it's a great metaphor for life honestly <laughs> oh yeah. <great>. Yeah. <laughs> So, who did the graphics for the uh, for the video games in the movie? Uh, so, are you referring to the uh, what's in the arcade cabinet? Yeah, there's in, and there's also the beginning, the very beginning, I guess the like the uh, the the uh, opening the opening uh, card. Yeah. Uh, so, the opening title card is our production company, and that was done by our friend of ours, Aaron Moorhead. He's a filmmaker and a, like a VFX artist. He um, did um, with. Benson, Justin Benson, they did Synchronic. So or the, yeah, they've oh, done okay. done a couple really cool indie horrors, and Michael got to know them through editing. Right. Yeah. So I, I've worked with Aaron for quite a long time, and so I pitched him like, "Hey, we got this." Oh, hold on. Uh, the guys who did Spring. Yes. 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 Yeah, uh, I actually interviewed them when Spring uh, came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Spring. So. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so they're very close <laughs> friends of mine, and uh, so I had Aaron do a mock-up of that title card, uh, of um, our Last Life production company card, and we loved the first like draft of it so much that he basically just polished that, and that's what that opening card is. It's so incredible to be like, this is what we want, and then like going in expecting there's going to be like six different rounds of notes, and then he just did it, and it mm -hmm. was done. He's a talented like, man. Wow. Okay. There's a reason <laughs> that you're this good. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he <laughs> turned anything into gold. That's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's a, a fantastic filmmaker, talented VFX whiz, and a great friend. Um, the inside the cabinet was me. Um, so before, before we started shooting, I actually... So basically the cabinet is all practical. Everything that was on the screen in the arcade cabinet was actually there. I didn't do any VFX on it after the fact. Um, basically, Bob at RetroVault had an arcade cabinet that specifically you could hook up to an HDMI projector, something he made himself. So that way when you play like a, a Raspberry Pi, which for those who don't know, is like a basically um, a arcade, uh, uh, a, a, a small little like, uh, what am I thinking of? It basically plays like 400 different games from the past, like a bunch of emulators and ROMs. And uh, so he made a custom cabinet where he could hook it up, 
to uh, a projector at his ca- at his uh, arcade and play a huge screen of like Street Fighter or whatever. So we used that cabinet, and I hooked up my laptop, made a basically a long arcade cabinet movie with all the text and the eight bit sister um, girl in it, and uh, made that all myself beforehand. And we just hooked up my laptop inside the cabinet and just pressed play and. The actress, um, Kate, was able to react naturally <laughs> to the cabinet itself, which was really fun for her. Well, that's she, really cool, then. Yeah, yeah, it's all practical. He literally, like, drew every 8-bit square. It mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the small bits of animation. Yeah. Were all that I could literally do days before production, because it was um, <laughs> there was a lot to do. Yeah. So for, I've done that before with a still picture, and it takes a lot of time. Like, the 8-bit. So right. did you, for the animation, then, so did you have to do each, like, frame by hand? I did each frame by hand. Um, luckily, I think there was only, like, maybe three frames that I just cycled in and out to make it feel 8-bit. Right. Uh, uh-huh. And then the text, I just found, like, a really nice font and then just was able to animate it okay. And I was able to do not just the girl, but also those little fireworks that you'll end up seeing as well. <laughs> um, not that anyone's going to know what that means until they see the movie, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, there's spoiler alert. There's fireworks in the movie. Moral of the story is animators don't get paid enough. No, they that don't. That is a lot of work, and we did a lot, and barely did anything. I mean, like it's not like a huge part of the short, but it is mm-hmm. a big part. Like of, it took you a long time. Three quarters to a full day. Like, yeah. In the middle of like intense pre-pro, just to just to do whatever small oh bits of gosh. animation are in that thing. Uh, okay. Yeah your animator is better it was it was worth it and it was it's cool to do that stuff beforehand because then you can really see the movie on set and it felt really old school in our approach because it's like she you know had to actually kick the cabinet and the lights had to actually come on and off like on set and there's only a little bit of tweaks of vfx just to clean it up um so what you see with the cabinet is actually what happened yeah we had our grip sitting behind it like pressing (laughs) crouched underneath like a blanket like pressing buttons And our poor gaffer, he had to basically sit there and press play and then unplug lights like a Wizard of Oz behind a cabinet. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So so, uh, unlike Skype, where uh, where it's a weird blurry thing behind you guys, the the effects looked really cool in your your movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, That was... um, Like kind of rotoscope, I guess. Yeah, so our VFX uh, person, uh, Jessica Kelly, who is... Um, we had, like, all ladies behind the scenes, by the way. Yeah, our, yeah, our DP. All of our, like, heads were ladies. Woo-hoo! Our production designer, our editor, they yeah. are all female. So um, they're all trusted great it's friends of mine. So. kind of insane how good Jess is, though, too. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Jess, I, I... The effect that I had in mind when I wrote it was um, a kind of... I One of my favorite visual effects of, like, and it's such a simple visual effect. All my, one of my favorite visual effects I've ever seen in film is, uh, if you remember or have ever seen the movie Batman Begins, um, there's the scarecrow drug effect where anytime who gets yeah. any in that movie gets drugged, there's like a weird, how, how did I put it? I put it as like a blurry pulsating effect around. No, no, no. no. You, put, you, you said it's wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I know I know exactly what you mean when you say wah 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 actually. So yeah. I had to put pulsating in the, in the script, but when people saw me in person, I just did my hands. You won't see my hands uh, on the uh, so I pulled that up as a visual reference and then uh and then Jess just took it over from there and really finessed it and we really played around with um focus as well. And also um our DP uh Chris Dorson, she used a lens baby, um, which is basically putting uh, on her camera, she basically put a, or the lens on like what was like a rubber mount that allowed yeah. the lens to kind of move and find different mm-hmm. weird tilt shift focus on set. So between that and the pulsating effect, uh, the inside the regret levels really have a nice disorientating effect that uh, really plays in my opinion. It's really cool because in the feature version, it's like a completely different effect, but it has the same like emotional poignancy to it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a spoiler alert. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, spoiler yeah. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> do, do you have plans to do the feature at some point? We hope yeah. so. We hope the, yeah. the short kind of gets people excited enough to 
I mean, we've had people read the script around here and expressed a lot of interest. Um, it's just trying to see what's right for cast and what's right for budget. And just hopefully people can see this film and see that uh, there's a feature version that definitely can can be born and lived out there. You know what I mean? Like it can see the short and they're like, oh, I want to see like 90 minutes of someone who really just goes into the the backstory of their entire life through this arcade mm-hmm. machine. Really dig into um, everything that's going on with them. Yeah, and especially because video game movies have such a bad rep right now. I mean, it's changing. It's changing really fast. But there's definitely like a brand of video game movies that's super niche to the type of audiences that play it. Um, We really think that the way that we tap into video games and players and the IP itself, that we can expand to really find that emotional core. And hopefully kind of show that video game based films can be they can be award winning i mean not in the sense of like they need to win awards but like mm-hmm. they can be they don't need to be all popcorn bogus like yeah. they don't need to be insane weird and like out there comedies they can actually be grounded in real characters and humans and i think that's really important if video game IP wants to continue to grow in the film and TV market, which it absolutely should. More people should play games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have to be Super Mario the movie. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be an IP. And as much as I love, we love the new Detective Pikachu movie. I love it. Uh, there's definitely more room for uh, unique into uh, original stories based off people who play video games and what video games can, uh, what video games have done for them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always like to ask about uh, people who make shorts, like uh, what your goal is. And you guys already said you'd like to make a, a feature, you know, based off of this because um, well, what do you do with the short once it does have the festival run? Like does either you get to put on YouTube because you can't really sell like a 10 minute DVD. <laughs> we pray that the right eyes will see it. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> This is our second short under our last life company, which basically is just making films about people who play video games. So our first one, we had a very small festival run, but then by the end of it, we were just like, I don't know. I've seen too many, at least here, I've seen too many people that I know that make something, do a festival run. And then because nothing else happened to it, they kind of keep it to themselves and never show it to the world. So I kind of just was like, after their festival run, I was like, well, let's just drop it. Let's just drop it online. Let's put it on YouTube and then, you know, share it around Reddit, get people talking, and then uh, let it kind of grow from there. And um, yeah, and gamers live on the internet. Like that is that is home. I they're they're never gonna go to like cons or whatever. Like, yeah, some of them do. I mean, weird. They're weird if they do, but they will. They will. There's packs. That's true. There's packs. We yeah. should go to packs. Oh my god. Oh, yeah have like a like a short film competition they might. But that's another know. that's uh, another thing but the idea is that like basically shorts don't have a market you're never really gonna make money off of a short because that's just not there's just really no distributors that are buying that but at the same time it really ends up being a calling card for the company for michael's directing skills for my ability to handle human beings on a film set and take a I believe that's how you thing. describe a producer that's is producer just being able to handle human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Handling humans, um, and just kind of push a vision forward. So I really think that we are hoping it will find its place ar- among the internet that this is a video that should be shared. It should not be kept to ourselves. We do not expect to like charge I don't know what do people do anymore like ad revenue on YouTube or some shit like we 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 want this to reach people and we want people to get excited about other new ways that video game movies could be made that's not the Super Mario Brothers movies there's no problem with that I mean there are problems with it but (laughs) there's no problem with that kind of movie but we want to open people's minds up to what other opportunities are in this world Mm-hmm. So ha- have you watched the, um, this movie with a, with an audience yet? No. no, this is our world premiere. Like when we oh, got nice. when we did a notes when we got our notes, we finished the movie 
The movie got completely finished around February or March of this year. So it was pretty quick that Dances with Films got the movie and said yes to it. Um, but we we sent it online to people and then got isolated feedback. So I think the most the most people that have seen the movie in one room has been me, mm-hmm. Jory, and the other producer, Shane Spiegel. And um, that's all we've got. So hopefully people... <laughs> I hope I play. We got a nice 5.1 mix, so it's gonna play really nicely in a theater. I think that's we have a fantastic sound guy, Stephen Clark. I just hope it plays like the on button works. I always get so <laughs> I've been to a festival where, where they didn't. Yeah. It was it was a bad time. Yeah. Do not no, tell me that. Just, oh my god, it's just gonna make it feel real and scary if, if it does. If it's in sync, <laughs> be, I'm always just terrified that things are gonna be out of sync. That's like my nightmare. Uh. Uh, but yeah no i'm really excited it's really cool to have an audience and of strangers watching it like i have no idea where that could go but yeah i i have to say i my short i have a short film and it debuts this saturday at happenstance uh, horror film festival here in boston uh, i'm uh yeah i'm excited and also nervous about watching it with you no, this will be the first time I've watched it with anyone besides like uh, my family. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so exciting though, because you're going to have so many people just come into one dark room and just see your, your vision played on a giant screen. It's going to, oh, and I'm your so happy for you. Your family's probably a harsher audience than anybody. <laughs> gonna be they liked it. So that was, so that was good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. If you got family that likes it, then the, the weight is right. Little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I the director Michael Epstein. He's he's out in L.A. I'm here. It's it's hard to explain. It's a short documentary about me. Oh, oh cool. Not, but uh, wait, tell but us about it. That's crazy. All right. Well, it's based in reality because I I lost my belly button in a oh, in no. surgery. Oh my god. Oh no, you're like a monster. Wait, now wait, <laughs> you don't have to see it. Wait, I don't, there's so many questions that just popped in my head about what, what that actually that means. Even look like? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. Right. So it's about that. It's played very serious. I don't maybe I don't want to spoil for anyone's going to go see it, but it's not necessarily very serious what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. It's very odd. I, it's not horror at all, so I'm 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 a little concerned that's playing at a horror festival, but we'll find out how it goes. That's yeah. hilarious. They're like, this is the scariest thing we've ever seen. We need to. <laughs> it's, it's not a horror. Festival. It's not a horror. Uh, it's not. It's not scary, guys. They're like, yeah, sure. Okay, I sure. If, if just off my gut, I have never seen a movie like that before. So you've. Got, I think it's very original. I, you got know. me wanting to watch, which is. I always want to just see something I've never seen before. That's like one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that drives what I write, what I direct, what I actually want to see is because I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm tired of seeing the same stuff. And I've never seen a story like that played on film. You so. want to adapt it for a narrative? For <laughs> a version? It's done yeah. right here. Well, that, that, that's how this came about. It's people I met at, at film festivals. We got together and made this at a film festival. We actually filmed it while we are at Boston Underground Film Festival. So, uh, I really I love festivals. By the way, I think that's a good place. Not only is it fun to be at, but it's a great, great place to meet other uh, filmmakers or people who are into film. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I absolutely love it. It's where I I've gotten jobs from it. I've made connections for a lifetime off festivals. So I'm 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 super excited for you, man. It's going to be an awesome awesome premiere. Yeah. yeah, people are going to come up to you and be like, "Can you show me? <laughs> Can you show me your belly?" <laughs> that that did happen actually because i uh was we were telling people that we we're filming it and uh, uh a girl at one of the parties like well can i see the <laughs> that you have no belly button and uh, so i was like i guess and so i lift up the shirt and, oh my yeah. gosh oh, i gotta see it <laughs> just go to the premiere without a shirt on like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a, is that a spoiler is that a that's spoiler, a spoiler. <laughs> i don't know or is it a tease i don't know <laughs> anyway sorry I, that's fantastic I'm, that's a really no it's great yeah. So uh, your film, what would you like to try again? I also really like the uh, the lighting because I always think something. Uh, if you have good lighting and interesting colors, I always think that really enhances the production value of a uh, of a you know like a low budget movie. Yeah. yeah oh, no, Carissa I, was fantastic. Oh, we have our we have the best DP ever, Carissa Dorson. She's shot a lot of. Um, she shot some features, some shorts here. I've known her since uh, I went to school at Florida State. Uh, Florida State Film School. So I've known her 
gosh, for over 10 years now. And uh, yeah, I've always wanted to work with her. And this is the first time I've worked with her. And when we sat down and talked, she was the one, um, there's a, uh, there's some, I don't, not to spoil anything, but there are things in this movie that happened visually that came from her, from her noggin. And when she pitched me that stuff, I was like, man, let's do it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So she's a great collaborator, um, a wonderfully talented and patient person. Um, when things go, when we get behind on set, she's like, cool, let's go shoot it. <laughs> when I'm like, we're behind on set, mostly. It's mostly breathing down your neck. Uh, and she makes it look fantastic. So she did a great job. Yeah, and it's so cool when the arcade already comes just as amazing as it is. It's really just all about like mm-hmm. it, it's all the, the fluorescent lights or the the bright neon lights and yeah. the colors and it's a light show. It really is. It's, I, it's, it's like a character. The arcade's <laughs> like a character. Yeah. Uh, I think it really is. It captures the atmosphere of the place and also has a little bit of uh with the with the color I think has a little bit of a retro feel, which is perfect for where they are. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of hazer to make it feel like otherworldly too goes a long way. And it really thickens up the light in the in the shot. It's really nice. I've learned yeah. how much I love haze machines. We have a hazer now in our right. house the entire time. It's, it's true. <laughs> walk home and I'm like, honey, I'm home and it's all haze. It's a That's cinematic beauty and an allergy nest. So <laughs> <laughs> You need you need entrance music too when you walk in. Yeah. I need With it when I store. wake up. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way to leave your house and start your day. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so when I was looking at the credits, is Michael is that your mom who plays the voice of the mom? Yes. So it's a combination because uh, my mom is a big supporter of um, anything I make. So uh, she's like a champion. So she. Uh, what's funny is I think the picture of the mom is actually the actress's. Mom, uh, Kate's mom, uh, but the voice. Um, I was like, Mom, do you want to? I know you're not. You're, she lives in Alabama, so she's. Uh, she. I wanted her to have a part in the movie, so I was like, Do you want to do this voicemail uh, spoiler thing? There's going to be a voicemail of a mm-hmm. mom in there. Um, I'm spoiling this movie completely. Who needs to see it? <laughs> um, uh, she was like, Do you want to just have your voice in it? And uh, she was like, Oh my god, absolutely, absolutely. I record it right away. And that was two weeks before production, and she didn't really record it until 4 a.m. before we needed it. In which she <laughs> called in 11 times at 2 in the morning to leave, like, four voicemail. She, or, <laughs> no, she, like, she called. It, it looked like a psychopath had, like, hijacked his phone. <laughs> because it's like, oh, my God, your mom has called you, like, 12 times, has left, like, six different versions of this voicemail. If anybody doesn't know, they'd think like something horrible. Oh yeah, I, it's insane. I'm glad there was no emergency because I told her to call and like leave different takes um, of the performance because we needed to play it in real time and have it be pressed because the phone is also practical on the movie. Um, and she recorded <laughs> eleven takes at four a.m. for me, uh, and uh, it was really funny to like wake up and be like, "Oh my god! Oh wait, what's no. wrong?" It's not an emergency. She just left literally the same set of lines 11 times. Yeah. <laughs> Variety in that take, for sure. That's very cool. Well, by the way, actually, uh, since my family liked the short, we put a little, uh, a, there's a little scene with my mom and my brother we added to the short. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. I always love it when you can get your family involved. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So I, I also liked about the short because uh, it kind of shows uh the positive and the negative of video games because like you said you you know uh therapy through video games but also uh kind of like wasting time and escaping from the real world can be both good and bad absolutely yeah i mean there's the the video games can be like anything can be either used in uh as a way to cope or can be abused to help hide pain so um, it really is the person coming into it that uses it as a tool. So, like uh, as you can see at times, like the lead uh, lead character Jennifer, um, she uses games to escape from trauma um, to a point where it disconnects her from family. But if you come in with the right mindset and open up your mind, you can actually have video games be a thing that can help you like get empathy for other characters and other situations. Yeah, and this little actress, I have no idea 
how she does this, but my God, is she so talented? I think she's she's like twelve. No, 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 no. She's, she's fourteen. So I think she's fourteen. She's fourteen. Yeah. yeah, she's like she is able to encompass all these complex feelings and like she only has one line in the movie. I don't know if anybody really ever realizes that, but she is able to sell this entire emotional performance with this, with just her face. She does it with her eyes the entire time. And she also plays video games. So that kind of helps. And yeah, yeah, the casting process is terrifying to me in so many ways. And, we luckily had a really lovely casting director come forward and really put together a team for us, but I'd never worked with a casting director. And it was insane that, that you could actually set the bar higher than, you know, Google and Facebook. <laughs> it was yeah, cool. It was cool, to, yeah. it was cool to talk to Kate and she was able to understand the heavier implications of video games, which is yeah. a, as I've been already stumbling across a couple of times. Really hard thing to articulate to somebody, let alone try to have them emote <laughs> on screen. Yeah. So uh, luckily she was able to understand those pros and cons of um, what games can do and really um, really, pers- like, really just embody all that in her performance. Yeah, and Olivia was cool because she had like this crazy, she has like a crazy comedy background. And just to see her just the range that she goes just from like, uh, oh, yeah. Olivia Steck is the, the older sister. Um, mm-hmm. just the range that she goes from insane comedy on that show to just, um, just this leveled, insane, dramatic power monster performance. She's, she's a professional. She, yeah. Like she is a pro. Yeah. Super impressed with everybody and just how yeah. they come together. Mm-hmm. I didn't even because uh, I watched it, and now that you said it, she only has one line. I didn't even think about it while watching it, but she does uh, really uh, put across emotion of the character in, in the movie. Oh, Very impressive. Okay, glad you said it. I yeah. was worried that Ooh. it didn't come across, and somebody said it. All right, so, <laughs> it was something I always, when Michael was writing, was just like, "Are you sure this is? You know, there's so many things that she could say or do here, and he always just pushed." his feet into the ground and was really starboard. No, the only line she will have is this one at the end. And I didn't think it would play and it put so much on the actress, but she, she did it and it worked and I'm glad he stuck his feet into the ground. It, it, it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And also I think, uh, you know, video games, you know, could appeal to so many age groups because you have the retro games in there, which, you know, if you around in the eighties, even late seventies, you know, you could be around for then obviously, you know, uh, the young people know all video games and people even today are into the retro games. So I think appeals to a lot of different people. Yeah. I, I hope there's an audience old and young that will get something out of this movie. All right. So, uh, where can you follow? Does it have a, a social media page or website? We, we have our company Facebook, and we have a website. Uh, our website is lastlifefilms.com, and that's where we update all of our information, where you can find us. We also have a YouTube page in which we sometimes stream games as people, and we talk about movies while we play video games for anyone who wants to join us. Um, but uh, And then you can follow um, me on um, Instagram and Twitter specifically. I talk about the movie a lot, so I'm basically the movie's social media. Um, and I think, uh, I hate saying my yeah. name out loud, but my Twitter and Instagram is Felkdog, which is F-E-L. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I have to say clearly you so people can understand it. the spelling. <laughs> it's F-E-L-K-D-A-W-G. I make these ironically, and now I sound like an idiot when I say them out loud. <laughs> I was hoping it was with a W when you said Felkdog. Dog. It's the only way to use <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, what about you, George? Um well I'm all, our website's lastlightfilms.com and um if you ever wanna hear my annoying voice on Twitter, um I complained about Los Angeles, um <laughs> parking, uh writing, um and sometimes the movie. Sometimes movies. Yeah, no, I, I love talking <laughs> to people on I'm Jory, J-O-R-I, Richmond, R-I-C-H-M-A-N. All right, very cool. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, and I had a lot of fun talking to you, and I actually really love the short. I hope people uh, come out and dig it. Oh, thanks, Neil, and thank you so much much for 
for doing this podcast interview with us. This yeah. is our first time doing it. And if it's anything like this from here on out, uh, I'm super pumped because this was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Yeah, we, we loved it. And good luck with your, what's your um, belly button film called? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to have to go. I'm a very, I'm very terrible. I did not name it and I can never remember the name of it. So okay. I should probably edit this down. So it just sounds like I know the name. <laughs> yeah, uh, just be like, uh, I, I think I know the name. It's insert name here. Yeah. <laughs> it's belly button. Um, umbilicus Desidero, which oh, is uh, is Italian for without belly button. Cool. All right. Well, awesome. not Italian. It's uh, Latin for without belly button. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, let us know when we West Coasters can totally see it. We would love to check it out. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you guys for coming, and I'll talk to you guys again. Cool. Thank, Thank you so, so much, much, Neil. Bye. 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 All my high school friends are off in college now. And I get high and watch TV all day. Living in my mother's basement's really not that bad. I got everything I need and I don't pay. And playing ball Then came my school classes That I couldn't understand And girls who wouldn't notice me at all But I never asked to grow up So please don't make me do it I wasn't meant to grow up Don't think I'll make it through it Things have been going south since I But I say not now No, not right now When 